0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your
1: confidence journey today with Byte. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Pure Hoops podcast most definitely does reflect the views of our management. Here's three-time NBA champ B.J. Armstrong and Eric Newman pure hoops podcast we are recording on monday june 17th 2019 eric newman back in new york bj armstrong in la bj how was your father's day my man
0: it was great eric thank you very much it was uh, it's always great to hear and spend time with the kids and the family and uh, we get one day out of the year so i got it out of the way and uh it's mother's day for the other 364
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, i can't wait till she listens to this uh, yeah. uh, great 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 seeing you last week and as always um in between each of our recordings something major um always seems to happen so anthony davis is officially heading to the los angeles lakers i can't tell you how many um Mockery-filled texts I got as a lifelong Celtics fan that the Celtics didn't get him, but I never really expected they would. I think the Pelicans got back a very nice uh, trade package. Obviously, I know your opinion on uh, young talent and draft picks and movable assets. Uh, first and foremost, what's your reaction to the AD deal? Uh, give me the uh, Pelicans side first, and then we'll talk the Lakers.
0: Well, I think the Pelicans were looking to get the best deal that they could possibly get. And I think after they looked at this, the situation, the total situation, I think the decision came down to this very one question. Uh, I think AD made it very clear that he was gonna go to free agency no matter what. And that was the question. And meaning whether he got traded to your Celtics or to the Knicks, Brooklyn, whomever he decided to go to, he was gonna go to free agency look at the total picture and then make a decision. And I think that was the million dollar question for many executives You know, to ask, were they willing to roll the dice, give up young players, give up future draft picks, and then possibly get nothing in return? And I think ultimately that was the question that every organization had to answer. And in the end, with the exception of the Lakers, they were the only ones that were willing to roll the dice, and, uh, and that's how the deal got done.
1: Of course, we are assuming Anthony Davis resigns in L.A. His agent is Rich Paul, as is LeBron James, all known fact, and it sounds like he wants to be there for the long haul. So the uh, Lakers get their man. They give, a, uh, I think, a, a good amount in terms of some of um, talent future draft picks, and I think for the Pelicans, um, this trade package featuring Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, fourth pick in this year's draft, and then conditional picks over the course of the next three to four seasons. Pairing that along with uh, Zion Williamson, who will officially be a Pelican on Thursday, unless something completely unexpected happens, and the likes of uh, Drew Holiday uh, as their backcourt leader, this Pelican team uh, is in a rebuild on the fly mode, and and is really uh, has the potential to be exciting. Julius Randle has left them, however. He's a intriguing free agent who will uh, we'll get to talking about him a little bit later. Um, he he opted out of his deal. We assume he's not going to be back. So for the Lakers, Anthony Davis now joins LeBron James, and it's interesting to think about the. Super team era we continue to be in. It's interesting to think about uh, your strong opinion on building champions through the draft. The Lakers are obviously uh, now taking what they built through the draft, packaging it for a star. Uh, what is next for the Lakers? Is it bring in another max deal, or is it get creative here, split up this money, and bring in some capable two-way role players?
0: Well, when you look at the Lakers' um, you know, you certainly now you have two, you know, players who, for, you know, let's be conservative and say they are top five players, uh, give or take, however you want to rank your, your top five. They're, they're both in the conversation. Uh, they're both in the conversation. Now, the big thing when I look at this team, clearly when you're looking at those two talented young men, you say they haven't. They have a chance, provided they can, you know, put the pieces around them to get them through an 82 game schedule. Now, the key, the, the 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 big key for me is when I watch uh, the kid Kawhi Leonard this year. Kawhi Leonard missed 22 games due to load management. Can the Lakers, with the addition now Anthony Davis, get throws get those two guys through? An 82 game season, healthy, and then those mm-hmm. talented players I think can do the rest. But the, the the big question is, can they get through the 82 games? Okay, that that's that, so that, that leads
1: that, so that so so w- with that question, that leads me to ask, do they need to go out and get another playmaker <clears throat> to keep the load as divvied up as possible between LeBron James, <clears throat> Anthony Davis, and? unsaid well, player he, who is I mean, not yet in well, the thing. uniform. No offense to Kyle Kuzma. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, the, the big question is, if Kyrie Irving or Jimmy Butler or Kimber Walker or one of those guys say they want to come, how do you say no? How do you say no to that? Sure. You, what are you going to tell Kyrie? You're automatically, automatically, automatically hitting that okay. luxury tax. Right. Whatever, whatever, so, whatever you got to do, Yeah. How, do. How it. would that headline read? Well, I wanted to go to the Lakers if you're Kyrie Irving, but they said no to me. How, how does that play out? Okay. I, I think the, the big thing is, for them, is to figure out the best player or players that they can get to get this team through the grind of the season. I'm not worried about the playoffs with LeBron James. A healthy LeBron James and a healthy Anthony Davis speaks for itself, okay? Every, every, if, if I knew that I had to win 16 games with those two guys available in the playoffs, I feel good about my chances because everyone's going to play their sure. star players or their starters dominant minutes. But doing an 82-game schedule – I'm not sure how smart it would be to play those guys 40 minutes night in and night out through 82 games knowing that you have to win and play a substantial oh, – yeah, absolutely. okay. So yeah. to me –
1: There's, there's yeah. no way LeBron James is playing more than 32 yeah. minutes. okay. Ago. So
0: now how do you do that? And I think to see what's available. So who's
1: so – who's, so obviously we're not going to sit here playing the name right. game. But based on skill set – and how you're familiar and know how LeBron James and Anthony Davis play and what their strengths are and where they're going to need the most um, production on the floor and obviously, as you just said, the ability to rest those guys. What's the type of player
0: they're looking for here? Well, I, I, again, I think the, the, the key is how do I get those guys healthy? Okay. How do I get him through the season healthy? If I'm looking at Anthony Davis right now, would you prefer to have Anthony Davis play the five or the four? If I'm looking at the roster, just as a fan, casual observer of the game, I don't want Anthony Davis playing against Joel Embiid and Steven Adams and DeMarcus Cousins and all of these guys that he's just got couldn't couldn't. Couldn't agree more. Okay. You want to put? A, I don't want, want him playing a big, against. Physical yeah, I don't, guy want, him, next I don't to him. want. him playing against Jokic and DeAndre Ayton, and those are just big bodies, right? I now, do I mind him playing mm-hmm. for those guys for limited minutes because he poses problems on the offensive end? Yeah, I, I, but do I want him taking on that type of physicality for 82 games plus the playoffs? No. So my question would be for those guys: what position do I want them to play? I think Anthony Davis has to play four and back up five. That's how I look at it. LeBron James. LeBron James, do I want him chasing Paul George and potentially Kawhi Leonard and all these eyes around James Harden during the regular season? No. So I'm probably going to play LeBron James now probably more three, four. So to me, it's just a matter of building a team that can complement what those guys are going to do to take off their load as they're playing through the regular season. If I'm those guys, and you've heard me say this many times, Eric, I'm always looking at the defensive end. I think a Jimmy Butler probably complements those guys better on the defensive end, which is more suited for championship caliber basketball. If they had to play the Toronto Raptors right now, who would you rather have guard? Kawhi Leonard and Siakam and those guys. Would it be you know, you know the the, the two guards are, that they had this year, or would you rather have Jimmy Butler play against those other guys who we know we're going to have to go through James Harden, we know we're going to have to guard Paul George and all those guys. Jimmy Butler to me addresses yep. all of the things that at this stage of LeBron James' career. I mean, he's going into year seventeen. But really, he's probably going into really like year twenty-one or twenty-two with all of the USA basketball and all of the playoff games. This guy yeah, has to have finals runs. This guy has to have had at least two hundred and forty-plus games in his in his career, in his career as far as playing in the playoff, in career. playoff career. So, in saying that, I'm trying to figure out how to allow him to play the game. Easier, And I think he can play the game easier as a four than he can as a three at this stage of his career. Not to say that he can't do it in the playoffs, but for 82 games, why am I asking him to chase and use speed and quickness? Speed and quickness is one of the things that deteriorates with age. LeBron James
1: And he should not yeah. be he, he should not be the lockdown defender on the best perimeter player they, at this point. No, in his career. That is foolish. Let him captain the yeah, defense let, uh, from
0: help side, weak and, side. And Absolutely. let him do that. But then I don't want Anthony Davis having to wrestle with Joel Embiid and then turn around and Steven okay. Adams. So they so they've gotta so they've gotta add some serious size. I think they, they add so yeah. DeAndre Jordan,
1: DeAndre Jordan, free agent, he's out there. Um um, Vucevic from Orlando, but he's going to cost too much money for them. Well, uh, well, uh, well
0: before that, I, 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 think you add. I, I think again, we're just you know you and I here. I think yep. you add tall athletes to their team, and because we know versatility, versatility. and well, I, I would even go either. I would go further than that. I would. I would say vertical vertical. Uh, okay, verticality. verticality. I, I want to play vertical basketball with this group. Reason being is because Anthony Davis is going to demand the ball as a as a post player. And LeBron James is going to have a predominantly demand the ball on the perimeter. Therefore, where is the one place that I can go that most teams can? That's vertical basketball. Jokic is a very great player. But vertical, vertically speaking, he will be challenged by those players who can do that. And the players that I'm thinking is like, yeah, you mentioned one. You know, uh, DeAndre Jordan is a player that could do that. Yep. I thought, and you know, just for transparency, you know, I represent Javale McGee, but Javale McGee is an excellent player who can play who plays vertical basketball and doesn't demand that he gets touches. He'll get 12 points, 12 rebounds, just in the in, in, the, the, in the flow of the, of the game. game. And to me, that's what they're looking to do. And you want to have bigs who can play against bigs. And then allow the, the the versatility to go small. Anthony Davis should be your small ball your small ball guy. I don't know if he's your big guy. He's your big team guy. You know what I mean? Because you got to get yep. through the season, right? Um, you know you. you yeah. Okay.
1: So it's safe to say you're going to be talking to the Lakers for the next X amount without, of minutes, w- without without question. You
0: you, you got to see what they're going to do here as far as they're building the sure. team. Now I don't know. Like, no one knows, or at least I don't know at this point, uh, of how they're going to divide up this money. Are they going to just build out the roster with it? Are they going to try to go after another player? Uh, So forth and so on. So that would be dictated by their finances at this point.
1: And there's the the, the question about Davis and the date of the deal being official and whether or not he'll get his trade kicker. Mm -hmm. And that trade kicker is $4 million to Davis, but it ends up being – Uh, nine in cap space i believe their space would grow to 32 million that is correct if davis waits until july 30th and if the deal is consummated on july 6th the cap room will only be 23 million so that is um that's a pretty significant gap there and i'm going to be interested to see what happens now quickly and this i find interesting and you and i talked about a lot of things last week, but one of them is where we are in style in the NBA. And now, with what looks like to be a quote-unquote pause year for the Warriors, we don't know where Kevin Durant will be playing. We have a very strong suspicion Klay Thompson will, of course, be back with the Warriors, but the Warriors, as we know them next season, will not be the same team. So with that, all of these teams who have been building their rosters with two-way, versatile wings taking the traditional power forward out of basketball, playing a lot of four out, having a lot more versatility where teams can at the five, is next year an opportunity for the NBA to go a little bit bigger again? And are teams going to roll the dice with that? I know it's early, but it's interesting to think about, especially in this conversation we were just having
0: about Davis at the four and bringing in another five. Well, the way the, way the game is being taught today eric you you have to have the ability to play with speed and quickness because the three-point shot allows you to play from larger margins when you're behind late in games right you know if you're the you know when you watch the warriors you're they're down 10 with three minutes and you still feel they have a chance to win the game because that's that's four shots for them
1: game five game five a perfect example down six with three to go my my and, and you made some great points last week about you know five men not being able to get out there and switch and hedge on pick and rolls the way they'd like. But will, do you think – we know where the game's been going with the three. But is there a chance now that teams can say, you know what, we can have a lineup that is quote-unquote small ball, and then we can have a more traditional lineup where we're pounding the paint and we're defending the rim on one end. And we're attacking it with size and length on the other. Do you, do you see teams looking at it that
0: way? Well, you, you you'd like to, uh, if you're a coach, you would like to have that versatility in your lineup. And I thought that's what made the Toronto Raptors a formidable opponent. You know, it really forced the Warriors in this year's playoffs. It, you know, as you watch the game from a technical standpoint, Steph Curry could not switch. He could not switch on yep. Marc Gasol. He could not switch on Serge Ibaka. He could not switch on Siakam which compromise their defense because there aren't many teams that can play small and then post up, you know, PJ Tucker, when you switch on him, it's not like he's going to go to the post and take advantage of the mismatch. So um, yep. you, you, I think coaches are looking to have the flexibility to say, I want to f- dictate how the defense is going to guard me. And you have to have more than anything, Eric, anytime that I've, since I've been in the NBA, everyone on the court has to be a threat to score. You know, there are no more planes with Dennis Rodman's. There's no more playing with Ben Wallace, uh, with guys like that, because you have to have all five guys uh, a threat to score. Not that they will score, but they have to be a threat, which allows you to dictate how the team is going to guard you, which gives you an advantage to get the ball into your best player's hands with an advantage to either create for himself or create for the team. And to me, that was the key to the series, the Warriors could not dictate the offensive flow of the game. Normally their defense is that good, but they, couldn't, they could not stop the Raptors at any given moment. The Raptors knew that they could run their offense, get a good shot, and if they missed a shot, they could offensive rebound, which gave them a confidence and all the confidence they needed to win that series. It was just They were able to dictate every phase of the game, and the only thing the Warriors could do – with shoot threes, and I mean, when they won, I think game five, they made like twenty threes, and still only won by a point, right? And so yep. that was no, that's yeah.
1: correct. And and the the Siakam, Abaka, Gasol three-headed monster, rotating at those two positions with Kawhi at the three, and the, yeah, it was just,
0: whatever the guard combos were, it worked really yeah, well. It just, for them. Yeah, just yeah. Really so good. I think that's what you will see, Eric, to answer your question. So I think you will see more teams figuring out. Yes, if You know, when you have these players, you have to play over the top. So when they switch a guard, you can just throw a lob to a JaVale McGee. You can throw a lob to these type of centers who can play the vertical game because now you actually have to make a conscious effort to make a decision. And then you live with the results if you're an offensive team because you know you can run your offense.
1: Well, my JaVale McGee radar is officially up as we head towards NBA summer. It will be interesting to see how the Lakers build this roster. Um, whether it's your gut or anything you're hearing Thursday's draft should we expect anybody to make a major move whether it's consolidating picks trading out of the top five or someone uh, unexpected getting into the top five
0: well, you know every year going into the draft uh, especially you know today only being Monday um, I always look at the draft where the draft really starts I think the first two picks are pretty much in stone with Zion and and the kid, the 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 ja kid. Um, I mm-hmm. think the, John Morant. Right. I think those are two. So I think the draft actually starts this year with the Knicks. Now, what are the Knicks going to do? You know, they have uh, you know they have R.J. Barrett and they have all these kids that'll be on the board, but then you have another interesting pick at four because now it's 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 the pelicans now what do they do you can only add so many young kids to the group so at some point they're going to have to get some veterans they're going to have to get some some right. size in there at the, at the five and and then figure out what they're going to do you know they you know if if, if drew holiday is he
1: well, well let, let me let me let me cut you off right there you're you're seeing the floor as always so this is going to uh uh, prompt us to just dive right into our exercise today on the pure hoops podcast it's just 10 questions for bj so question number one you just called it out will the pelicans be moving that four pick during the nba draft and as you said zion will be a pelican ingram holiday ball Hart, randall opts out likely to leave you said it they don't need another rookie and another young guy so do they move this pick I think, they
0: look to, I think they look to move it. Uh, you know, if, if the player they're looking for is, is is off the board, and that depends obviously when they have one p- pick ahead of them, uh, I think they look to move it. I think you look to move that and package that to get your books right, right? I mean, Drew Holiday is at a big number. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And if you can move that pick along with possibly, I'm just looking at it from a business standpoint, of possibly moving a kid like a Holiday um, because you're going to have to pay some of these young kids, right? You're going to have to pay Ingram. You're going to have to pay Ball. You're going to pay, you're gonna have to pay one of these kids, right, as you're building a team. You know, let's assume that this kid, Zion, is going to be the player. You're going to have to pay these guys. So, again, um, if you can get the players in order, get your books in order and move some of those contracts to free up, uh, you know, some space financially along with some playing time, I think you got to look to do it. And I think that's a, that would be a big attraction for a team if they could take on the type of money, you know, I could see a Charlotte possibly if let's say Kimba does move. I mean, that could be at a very attractive place for a kid like, uh, for a kid like Drew Holiday, you know, you can't forget Drew Holiday was an all-star at one point in this league. So, um, you know, he, yeah.
1: and still, and still, yeah, playing he's, like
0: a, he's a, he's a hot, you know, he plays the game at a very high level. So he's a terrific two-way player in this league and, So I would look at all those options, and uh, you got to see what's available out there.
1: So one name potentially being associated with the Pelicans is Bradley Beal, who has flown heavily under the radar in terms of his uh, ascension and growth. Obviously the John Wall injury last year and the Wizards – uh, according to many, uh, underachieving the last couple of years, but Bradley Beal is uh, a heck of a player. Do you see? I'm not going to ask whether or not he ends up with the Pelicans, but do you think Bradley Beal is going to be moved from Washington?
0: Well, if anything, I think the Washington Wizards. won you know, they're getting a new general manager there, and I I would find it hard to believe that, you know, whoever they hire, you know. day or two or a week on the job he's going to make that trade and bring on another salary to his team without really knowing and being able to examine his team um so but it you know it's the new nba anything is possible but i would i think that would be a little difficult to do um to be able to put together a trade without really being An executive more than two weeks (laughs) on the job. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I would see that's pretty hard. No, that would be pretty gutsy if you did do it. But hey, you know what? Who knows? I mean, you know, at the beginning of the season, I mean, everyone was kind of looking. We're like, what is Masai doing? Right? That was at the beginning of the season. Everyone kind of looked and said, "Wow, that's a pretty gutsy move." You put all your chips in the middle of the table, knowing very well that you could lose this player. But now, look at Masai. It looks like a genius move um well not looks it was a genius move and um so um you know I, I think that would be that, that that would be a tough call but you know what we'll see what happens
1: Beal's contract off the books next summer John Wall tied to that monster supermax deal and he of course is uh recovering from an Achilles tendon injury so uh tough times in Washington right now we'll see if they keep Beal or they uh they try to get his money off the books and officially start over and hope Wall comes back. Uh, Western Conference, as we said, Warriors entering a pause year. Um, real simple. Who's your pick in the West to be the boldest of the bowl to try to take that leap, leave the Lakers to the side? They've already made their big move. They may make another, but who's the other team that's going to try to be that bold and get to the top of the West?
0: This may come to, as a surprise. I um, you know, if I just look at the team, I think the Denver Nuggets are there. I think they. So, you, so you don't think they stand pat? You think they make a big move? Well, I, I don't think they. I don't know if they have to make a big move. I, I, I think you. You, I think okay. they improve internally because the players I think will be better, and they gain valuable experience in this year's playoffs. I thought they gained sure. valuable experience uh, this year, and look. You know, they lost a game seven to Portland, right? At home. Yep, a- Portland And at home. I think they gained valuable experience. I think they will be better. But the thing that I love most about this team, which we talked about earlier in the show, is they have the depth to play and get through the regular season. And I think this allows them, with their youth, to be a really formidable opponent now that they have a little experience. And now I think the, expect- the expectations for them they're ready and they understand, like, you know, they had a great regular season last year. But we didn't know, Eric, what they were going to do in the playoffs this year. But give those young men their credit. Coach Malone had those guys competing. And you know what? What they were able to do, I really like them. So I like Denver's team. on on paper, I think they're going to be tough so to beat.
1: See, so you think Denver makes it? A leap without having to make a. Baby. Yes, I
0: do, and then and then like and then they have okay. a player. I mean, Eric, I saw this kid play. I saw this kid play uh, on the circuit as a, as you know in high school in AAU. That kid Porter, you know, I don't want to forget about that kid's talent. Um, that yep. kid is a very very talented player. Now he had obviously a, a significant injury. I think it was a back injury what he had. And anyone yep. who have seen this kid, them I mean, they were talking about this kid could be the number one pick before the injury he can score the basketball okay this kid is a 20 to 25 point score healthy make no doubt about that and from what I'm hearing in NBA circles this kid is making progress and if he can he, if he's able to give them anything you know I mean this kid has size he's about 6'9 or so 6'10 he can score Eric and um, sometimes you get luck and if he's healthy you're talking about another guy at 6'9", 6'10", that can put the ball in the basket. Um, and you know what? I just like their depth of their team. I thought they were too deep at every position. They have a big who plays like he's a small, and they play fast. And uh, I, I just like their, I like their depth. And um, you know what? I, I just think if they're able to stay healthy, they're going to be a tough out. I think they're going to be a tough out, you know, as they get more experience playing in uh, playing playoff basketball.
1: And Paul Millsap's thirty million dollar salary slot most likely comes off the books, mm-hmm. so maybe he comes back for less. But Porter, if healthy, is going to emerge, and that is going to be a very exciting and dangerous team next season for all the reasons you mentioned. Um, the Houston Rockets will they keep this team intact? In terms of the core, and add the right pieces around them, or will there be a major move, i.e., Capella or Paul shipped
0: out? Well, the Rockets are going to have to do what every team does. That's kind of in their position, kind of in the middle of the pack. They got to find excellent value players who can be rotational players, and that's hard to do in the NBA. You know, the star players are the star players. You know, the 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 the. I mean, they've got
1: to be kicking themselves. I mean, I still can't believe, not to go off on a tangent on this, but I still can't believe Kevin Durant, calf strain, game five is right there for the taking, and they just didn't go after it, and they come up short again. I I I can't imagine what those conversations and meetings like for the Rockets. And to your point about plugging in the right guys, we've seen them do a pretty good job of that with – First, Trevor Ariza, who then left for more money. We've seen it with um, Eric Gordon. We've seen it with um, the small forward, who you mentioned before. Why am I blanking on his name? With P.J. Tucker. And we've seen it with Austin Rivers giving them some scoring punch off the bench last year. So what's the type of player they need?
0: Is it another front court guy? what well, 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 Eric, look. Without playing, without criticizing anyone or playing, you know, couch coach or what have you, you know, the the thing that the the Houston Rockets are go-
1: I'm offended by your
0: I'm offended by your couch oh the coach. couch coach right. Offend. <laughs> please don't um, <laughs> but if you want to play into June Eric you have to play defense and you have to have a system in place that allows you to be a defensive oriented team first. You have to have a system in place that allows you to take advantage of whatever these other good defensive teams are doing and to be able to counter that, right? Now, during the regular season, James Harden is good enough to beat probably half of the teams in the style that they're playing. As they get into the playoffs and as the other teams begin to play and as you go deeper into the playoffs, the teams get better and the teams take away the first option. In the first round, they take away the first and the second in the second round. And as you go further, they take away more and more things because that's why they are advancing. They're that good on the defensive end. You can't be that predictable on the offensive end without having a system in play where your defense mm-hmm. is not your core of, your, of, of how you play. Now, if you want to play into June, Eric, that, that, that's, that's the game. You know, you have to be a team that says we are committed to the defensive end first. And we're going to play a system that says, you know what? Yes, we get it. James Harden is an excellent offensive player. And there will be a time and a place during every game that we're going to need that, right? Your offense gets bogged down. We need James to go off on a five-minute tangent because he's a brilliant offensive player. But to have a steady diet of that, where now that becomes your first, second, and third option, I think puts – an incredible amount of pressure on not only this one player, but in the playoffs, it's very hard to play that way. Now in the regular season, it's great because there aren't, a, no, there aren't, no, there, it's, you know, it's, it's such an easy, it's, it's such a easier way to break. This yeah, down. So defense. Like, so to is me, is
1: this, is this style, is this style going to get us to the mountaintop it, it, and right. can we play this style with, and what is our level of commitment and productivity and, on the and, defensive end? And and I think we both agree. Two years ago, they were a better defensive basketball well, team.
0: Well, it's it's not it's well, not that they were a they, better they were, defensive a be- team. The, the, it's just well, uh, Eric. Look, in well, the I,
1: end, it gets. I think with reason they had. I think with reason
0: they have more versatility, and they were one win from the finals. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. Just one that's just opinion. The, the the key is the the key is if you want to play championship caliber basketball in this league since 1946 every team has had to figure out how to defend because Eric you can't play a game if you can't stop somebody in the in the in the last 2 minutes of a game that's just that's yep. just and and and, and that is yep. that that's all it is can the Houston Rockets score yes they can score enough points can the Houston Rockets in the last 4 minutes of a game get a stop that's the question for them and 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 your offense that you run dictates how you're going to get back in transition defense because you're trying to run sound offense so that defensively you will always have an opportunity to defend. Because if you don't score and I don't score, Eric, the score is still 0-0. Zero, zero. That is the core of a champion's mentality. And the Rockets, yep. they have talent. They have enough scoring punch. They have all of the things. The, 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 the commitment for them is – can they get a stop? That, I love when you get into advanced
1: defensive analysis. Can you get a, the a, zero, a, a, a zero comparison? Air, air. I love it.
0: The, the Golden State Warriors, <laughs> the Golden State Warriors, they play the game knowing that they can stop you at the end of the game. What they call it—the the death lineup or whatever they call it—the the, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. the 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 <laughs> the Toronto Raptors this year. They, cre- they created that identity. They created an identity, For sure. and they knew that their defense was going to keep them in the game. And when they made shots, Eric, when Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry and Siaka made shots, they they were a very tough team to beat. Okay, you got to make twenty. A defensive yeah. a defensive team that could score. Eric, they were so good defensively. You make twenty threes in a game, and you still only lose by one point. Eric, that says something yep. about their identity of it. You got to make 23s in a game to beat them by one point. And they still had a chance to win that game. If Kyle Lowry makes that shot in the yep. corner. So Eric, this is what I'm saying to me, the Rockets just have to say, how can they play a game where there's a balance between, can we get a stop? And can we create enough versatility in how we play? We have a player that can get 30 points in any given game. Can we get the other players involved to keep the defense? Can we keep can we just keep the defense honest so they can't gang up on our great player? You know, we had the mm-hmm. same we had the same problem with Jordan. Jordan averaged one year he averaged 37 points a night, Eric. Minus the three ball. Okay. Yep. But the the off, the offense of the triangle offense, which was our system. Right? The reason the triangle offense is so complicated for people to, to, to learn is because it's not concerned about offense. It's only concerned about the defensive transition. So we were always in balance so that we can be a good, a good defensive team. That's the triangle offense. <laughs> the, the ball is yep. always going to get to your best player's hands. So the ball was always in Scottie Pippen's hands or Michael Jordan's hands. But defensively, we were always in position – to get back and play defense, and then if you have a good defense, you don't have to call plays because you're always playing advantage basketball. To me, that's the only issue with the Rockets. Can they stop somebody to win a game? Right now, the answer is no. And once they can do that, they'll be right there to win a championship.
1: So speaking of great teams with that identity, do you know what today is? It has to do
0: something with the Celtics, I'm sure.
1: Today is the 11th anniversary of the 2008 <laughs> NBA world champion, Boston Celtics,
0: who led the league in defense, <laughs>
1: toughness, and at the time, brotherhood. So let's take a moment. Yeah,
0: let's take a moment. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> one, one, one quick question for you on that team. I find them. I, I find that they sit at a very interesting point in history because we don't see that style of play anymore in terms of playing through the post like they did with Kevin Garnett. But they played great team defense. They also played some small ball when James Posey would come in the game, play the four with KG at the five. But there was just this certain sense of togetherness, toughness, that was clearly influenced by the era that you played in. What did you make of the 08 Celtics as you saw them gel and you think back to how great they became in that first season together? Well,
0: defensively, they were, they were a much better team than people gave them credit for, right? Um, the thing that made them special, you know, when you don't have to compromise your defense at any position, it gives you a, a clear, significant advantage against the other team. No, Kendrick Perkins was going to handle his position. Think about that. I mean, Kendrick Perkins. And that's and that's and that's the type of guy that today's
1: Lakers could put next to Anthony Davis. Am I right? Well, I don't know because the game is played at a different pace now.
0: True. Y- y- yeah. Perk can't play at this, y- y- this pace. That's what I'm saying. I digress. Okay, all right. All right. This is a different game now. But Kendrick Perkins yep. could handle his position. Kevin Garnett was not only a great one-on-one defender he was a great team defender now Kevin Durant Kevin not Kevin Durant Kevin Garnett's biggest asset was his mouth because he was always talking so as a guard us little guards we never see the game from the defensive end because we're always guarding the ball but you have so much confidence Mm -hmm. when the guy behind you is always screaming well Kevin Kevin Garnett was always talking he's always screaming He's always telling Rondo and these guys, "Help this, that." He was he was a human organizer from the defensive end, which gave him that's what made him such a great player. He was a phenomenal communicator. Along with being a phenomenal athlete. I mean, Kevin Garnett was 7 what, 7-1 seven, or something. He's lateral, he's quick and all those things. So, he could guard his position. Paul Pierce was probably he wasn't the greatest athlete, but, man, he was a really good defender, <laughs> okay? He was a really uh, – People for, pe- people. forget he, he bought into
1: that defensive philosophy he, the, the he, moment they held up those jerseys at the press he,
0: conference. You know, when you think of a great defender, you think of the, like, athletic. He wasn't a great athlete, but, man, was he a terrific, terrific defender. Terrific, okay? And he gave yeah. you the effort. He didn't give you just the first effort. He gave you the second effort. Paul Pierce was a terrific, and, and you know, and 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 Ray 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 Allen, I mean, I mean the guy could dodge screens. He took on his matchup. He had good size, of course. His offense kept pressure on you defensively, so you had to be in great shape to play against him. And he was just yep. solid. And then Rondo was. You had a run. Yeah. You you had a run. You had a
1: run around with Ray, or you had to stay attached to him when he was stationed. And, and Rondo, either way, he's occupying and you.
0: Rondo was Rondo was feisty. Rondo he he always brought the fight to the game. Rondo was going to be in yeah. your face. He was going to harass you. He was in the, even though he wasn't big himself. He was he played physical and he had an edge to him. He had an edge that you like that you like your guards your guards are a little nasty they're always feisty you know he, he he had like the the little guy complex you know he's you know so he didn't like the way somebody screened him he was gonna let that big guy know and you all and he knew he because he knew he you know Kendrick was back there Pierce was back there Kevin was back there so they just had a great team then you bring guys in like Posey and then you had Tony was Tony Allen on that team Tony Allen, Brown, P.J. Yeah. Brown, midway. Oh through man, this such...
1: Davis, Eddie House. Yeah. So
0: I mean, imagine coaching that team and you you never have to double team. I mean, they never had to double team. Oh, they they, they didn't have to double team Kobe. They didn't have to double team these guys. They they had a great group they didn't of guys. Have to double any anybody. Yeah. So anybody. I mean that and that was their advantage. And when you can play with that advantage, you take your chances. And uh, that was a great group. And uh you know, that was KG leading the charge there, and they, they were a fun group to watch.
1: And it brought back Celtics-Lakers. They played in the finals two out of three years, which was just awesome. So, current state of the Celtics, let's assume Kyrie Irving is not going to be with the team next season for this exercise. Are you building with the youth with Al Horford in the mix? Or are the Celtics making a very big unexpected move in the next well two I, weeks? I
0: think it's time now for those young guys to to step up step to the forefront right you know we uh a year ago or or a year ago after the playoffs last year we're talking about Jason Tatum, you know um being potential all star this year um it didn't happen for him, but I think it's time now i think it's time for him and and Jalen Brown and these guys to really step to the forefront now and 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 make a make a decisive step in um, their growth as a player, take over leadership as uh, for the team. Now they're going into what year three, year four, and uh, I think it's time. So, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not really concerned with them. I mean, that's a big name, Kyrie Irving, but clearly they have a, a good team. Uh, I think Gordon Haywood will be better. I think uh, his physical health; he looked really solid last year. And um, and, and you know what, I stick it and I ride it out with this team. So. And see what they have. I still think they have a good group. I don't know if uh, the uh, Morris is coming back. I think he's. I think he's a free agent, right? If I Morris, Morris is
1: unrestricted. Rozier is restricted. Yeah. It would be very interesting to see them do something with these three first round picks and try to bring back Morris and Rozier, along with Horford opting out of this one year left at thirty million, doing a three year deal. Uh, that's a little bit friendlier to the cap, as a uh, as a fan who just wants to watch a Celtic team play hard and play together. I don't have a problem with that group. No, you, I mean you should. I, I mean I think it would be great. A, I think it would think be great. It's a,
0: I think it's a good team. And like I said, uh, all last year, I I still, when you look at the team, I thought they had the best talent. Um, but clearly something, yep. clearly something was going on that we couldn't see, uh, that we couldn't observe. Mm-hmm on the floor, but mm-hmm. I think something some us, is going on. Some of us saw it. Yeah. <laughs> some of us saw and, it. And um, we saw the results. Yeah, of it. but you know what? Maybe, you know, sometime you're better by subtraction. And uh because that's a very yeah, talented uh, group. This
1: could be addition but this could be addition by subtraction and Ainge is gonna find something special as far as a talent in this first round with these three picks. I don't know who that's gonna be yet. He's going to find someone special <laughs> or turn those picks into something. He'll find a way. He'll find a way. Believe in Danny. Uh, Believe in right Danny. Um, so um, assuming the Grizzlies take John ja Moran, will Mike Conley be moved to a quote unquote contender? Simple yes or no.
0: Yes. Yes. Man, y- 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 yes. Does that mean?
1: Does that mean you're hearing something?
0: Um, well, I mean, just looking at the, looking at the books, looking at the numbers, he's got to be moved, right? He doesn't fit the timeline of, you know, they, they're going to draft that kid, Morant. Um, you know, they have the the big Mm -hmm. kid there from Michigan state. who looks like he's going to be a terrific talent. Uh, Jaron Jackson's going to be a special player. And so you, you got to allow these young people to get what we call now unconditional playing time. These kids have to play, right? They're only going to school for a year or two and they have to learn on the job. So if you're going to draft this kid, Morant, you can't – he's not – well, how much can he learn just watching, you know, uh, yep. the other kid play? No,
1: yeah. he's he, – listen, Conley's, Conley's over $30 million. Yeah, they, he's been a uh, tremendous leader for them, and if they could package him somewhere uh, where he can uh, help lead a team to contention, and who knows, we could see him in uh, in Celtic Green next season if uh, the Celtics decide to go that route after Kyrie leaves. Yeah. Uh, Toronto Raptors, NBA champions, first Canadian sports team to win a major championship since the, I believe the Toronto Blue Jays, but I want to say maybe the Canadians snuck one in there anyway. They're loving the Raptors. Their parade was uh, was uh, on Monday. Traded texts with our guy, Coach Handy, congratulating him again, and he sends his best. So here's the question. Is Kawhi Leonard in Canada or is Kawhi Leonard back in the States next season? Don't have to tell me where he's going, just if he's going to be in Canada or not as a Raptor.
0: Well, the the the, the fan in me wants to say he should, he wants to see him stay in Canada. I mean, what a what a story. I mean, it's an incredible story. He comes there, obviously he didn't play a lot the year before because of injuries and he's able to get himself healthy and, And all everything just came together for him. I mean, that was just an amazing story. But I, like everyone else, has been hearing all year that he's going to leave. So I got to believe where there's smoke, there's fire, right? I mean, he he probably will leave. Um, I think with this, not that you asked, but, you know, now that Anthony Davis is here in L.A., um, I have a hard time believing that he's going to come to the Lakers, where he would consider the Lakers. Um, this is a Laker town. Make no doubt about it. Um, you know the Clippers had a terrific run this past year, but this is Laker Nation. Okay, um, and I think that would be hard for him. So do you feel? So do you feel
1: with Davis, with the Lakers, Kawhi will not fit there for whatever reason, whether it's financial or just not wanting to. Uh, be part of a, a quote-unquote super team like that. Does Davis to the Lakers deter him from going to the Clippers and dealing with that
0: competition well, within I, I, L.A.? I think you, you you have to look at the, you have to look at the total business of it. You know, uh, I think the Lakers are going to grab the headlines here. I think the Lakers will be the favorite when it comes at the end of the season, no matter what happens. Um, it's not to say that the Lakers are going to win a championship. They will be the favorite. They will grab the headlines with those two in a a Lakers uniform. I think the dark horse has to be a team in the East. And the team in the East, I think, no one is considering because of the business of sports, are the New York Knicks. I think that's, you know, you got to look at this franchise and you have to look at what they've done and look what they're doing. And we talk about all of the things, media, and all of those things. How could you not look at New York? How could you not? And I just think that has to be- uh, Ownership? Uh, look, in the end, in the end, what, the, what, what they're doing with their franchise there with Scott Perry at the helm, who's done an incredible job, okay? this. Scott Perry has done an incredible job what he's done there over the last two years as far as he was able to trade Porzingis in New York City and no one saw it coming. First, he's he he, he got rid
1: of what was potentially turning into a major problem and got major cap instead of
0: what happened there in New Orleans. Right. When. Davis, Davis the a deal. He yep. went out and headed it off before it happened, so that he can have all of his options. Unlike the unlike the Pelicans, okay. And sometimes, you know, you you you, you, you need, there's some luck involved in this, right? You know, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Yep. But what Scott Perry has done there as an executive has been terrific. We're talking about. Kevin Durant all year coming to the New York Knicks, and they may have to have won the worst record or the second worst record in the, in, in the league. We're talking about this place as this a is a destination true. now. We're ta- the Knicks are this a serious destination for free agents in the NBA. Now the. Th- what he has done, it's just
1: it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to you know, see. I I think who takes the first leap, a, who's gonna take the a, first
0: leap? Because Durant now it's it's completely well, different because he's yeah gonna he's gonna, gonna be, be he's year. gonna be out. But Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard is what we consider a standalone player. Kawhi Leonard can win with his second best player, Sayakum, or Kyle Lari. So this kid here to me is a little different than all the rest of them. Because if he goes to the Knicks, the Knicks are in the playoffs. The Knicks are in the playoffs. Sure. Because he – And there's a very good chance someone
1: follows him to New York as absolutely. well.
0: Absolutely. Because he he has proven that he can win. And for his business, for his business, that area would do well for his business. For the co- For the Claw. Now, now, sure. uh, so to me,
1: face face of face of new balance, great shoe campaign around yeah, Kawhi, yeah. giving them so, a little bit of a plug. So, you know, soft spoken guy, but but uh, NBA champion, yeah, NBA finals MVP twice. This, and
0: he would be deemed the savior of the New this, York, this names. guy. So, Absolutely. so I think Scott Perry, in particular, you know, people forget what he was able to do there as an executive up there in Detroit Pistons. They're, they're the only franchise that, what, they went to two finals, right? They went to the MB conference finals, what, six years in a row or something like that? They're the only team uh, yep. that I can recall that Joe Dumars and Scott Perry and John Hammonds and all those people were up there. They never had a max player and had that level of success.
1: That's true, that, that they had great balance with that team with Chauncey, Rip,
0: Ben Wallace – Tayshawn, okay. adding Rashid. Yep. Now, now yep. Scott Perry is as prepared for this situation. He has not only for one max player, he has he has he has his position open for two. He's got room for he's two, two and he's got the third pick third in the draft. Pick, and look how they've drafted the Knox, the the Robinson kid. You know, they they had
1: they got they they got Dennis Smith back when yes. they should have drafted him in the they, first place in the Porzingis they,
0: deal. So yeah, they they've they got are They are right they, there.
1: They've they've shown they've turned the corner and I think safe to say we're both uh, big fans of Coach Fisdale yeah, and, 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 and respect I him didn't as even a head. So
0: Fisdale is terrific. So I like if I'm Kawhi Leonard and the business of my my business as a player. Right. I had a, a client there, Derrick Rose. And I'm I'm gonna tell you something, people. The, the the people up there in New York, they were terrific. And the the the, the Derrick Rose business off the court was incredible. Because just hmm. in the metropolitan New York area. I mean, when you're talking about the boroughs, yeah. I mean you're talking about millions and millions and millions of people. Now, if you really want, if you can handle and I and I know this comes with a lot of responsibility, right? It's not easy. But if you have the discipline to be able to handle this, I mean, I got to believe that these people like Derek Jeter and and those people, that's an incredible opportunity that's awaiting some young man in this modern era. (laughs) Okay. You're talking about Mm -hmm. the New York Knicks. You're not talking about, you know, a small market. You're talking New York city. And I got to believe 30, I got to believe that... 31st 30, 30, 30 and 7th Yeah, avenue. I got to believe that there's... Just from the business standpoint, you have to consider talking to the Knicks. I'm not saying you do it. So I think when it's all said and done, that you got to talk to them. And you got to see what's going on because I'm telling you what, I can't imagine what it would be like to take the parade down fifth half. Can't imagine what that would be like, but I can dream what it would be I like. I think
1: I think I th- I think a Knicks parade in New York City. It's like what I've heard what Cleveland would be like if the Browns won the oh. Super Bowl. I don't think the city would be able to contain it. Oh, it was. I think they're that they're that starved, and and. It's now it's a generational. That's what I'm thing, saying. I can't. I can't, you know? I can't it's, it's imagine. 19, it's nineteen. It's nineteen. It's nineteen seventy three. I mean, when like nineteen seventy, like you know today. You know we're recording today. It's also the twenty fifth anniversary of, you know, Game Five of the ninety four Finals and the OJ Cart chase. Happens. Yeah, I mean, like. In '94, they were starved. 21 years removed, watching watching Ewing
0: and Elijah I, one as a teenager.
1: I, now we're in 2019.
0: I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I mean, wild. Eric, I can't imagine what that would be like. Can't I imagine. can't imagine what that would be like. And when I, every time I go back to, New I think York, we'd. Ha- I, I
1: I I I think you and I right now need to get ahead of it, and we need to we need to plan whenever it is. We need we need to make the film. I I,
0: I, I would love to plan it. We need
1: to film make the film just on and the parade. I think
0: Kawhi's personality is a personality he that could handle it. He could
1: be immune to all the chaos handle, and I get mean, it can done. You,
0: I can't think of more opposites than New York City and Kawhi Leonard's personality. <laughs> right. You know, maybe that's the right. personality. But, some, yeah.
1: but somehow it could work because that guy, all he cares about is yeah, playing ball. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right. We wanted to get to 10. We've gone way longer than we thought. One more. Um... Before we wrap today, assuming Kyrie Irving is not wearing a green uniform next season, where's the best situation for him? And what does your gut tell you in terms of where he's going to be?
0: Well, Everything I'm hearing, I I think I don't think this is news is, you know, the Brooklyn nets. Um, You know, they said that's where he wants to go. That's where he wants to be, you know, a basketball in basketball, in terms of basketball, I, I could see him fitting in terrific there with the Lakers. I think that's a great fit for him. Um, you know, he clearly, he understands how to play with the LeBron uh, and they found success. I think with an Anthony Davis, he understands how to play and that's kind of a Kevin Love model. You know, you have a forward, you have a wing and then you have a guard. So they clearly to me, offensively, defensively, it works um, and then you put to and you have a uh, and a, and you and you have a rim runner and a shot blocker yeah. for Kyrie and, and, and to just get up and down. And if with, there's anything yeah. that you can criticize about the games, if you when I say the games, if you want to criticize LeBron James' game or you want to criticize Anthony Davis, is you know Anthony Davis is he, he he he's a you know he has a slender build. You know the game gets a little bit more physical in the half court in the playoffs, and how much pounding can he take with that frame? with him playing at the five position, right? His game would probably be more suited as a more of a stretch five, if anything, because, you know, he would have to face up and then utilize his his mm-hmm. ability, his, you know, his speed and quickness. Yeah. Well, the, and, the,
1: the Lakers, no doubt, are going to need another creator. But I think Kyrie... So very well could be Kyrie yeah, Irving.
0: Kyrie. Now, what Kyrie can do is Kyrie can play in the half court. I mean, that kid can score that basketball. Yeah. Now, for, for, he can score it. He can put that ball in the basket. So I think his skill set complements what the other guys do because the other guys are both are terrific athletes like LeBron and their superior athletes and Kyrie I mean that kid can put that ball in the basket not offensively and uh, so I think basketball wise that probably fits him um, more than anything but it seems by all indications that he is prepared to go to Brooklyn and it seems like that, that's where he's going to be headed.
1: Yes, yeah, signed with Rock Nation Sports. Brooklyn, of course, has uh, their all-star point guard. D'Angelo Russell is a restricted free agent. So uh, if Kyrie Irving is uh, signed with the Nets, uh, we'll likely see Brooklyn renounce the rights to Russell. And um, that will start a, uh, a new era in Brooklyn. And, of course, the Celtics will move forward. Without Kyrie Irving, I'm going to keep my personal feelings aside for the moment (laughs) and just focus on what's in front of us. I just don't know how you um, pass up the opportunity to try to win with one of the greatest franchises in the history of sports, especially after um, doing a commercial with your dad about raising a banner and um, standing up before the season telling the fans he wants to stay. I'm just very confused, and I'm confused why he thinks the grass would be greener in a, uh, a different situation, but to each their own. That's the beauty of the business. You can uh, pick and choose where you play when uh, contract time is up. So this was a, uh, a great dive into what promises to be a fun few weeks. BJ and I are going to be back uh, at the end of this week reacting to all the big draft news. And... Of course, previewing uh, free agency, and we could very well see some big trades on draft night. So for Bruce Bernstein, Benjamin Wolfen, my partner B.J. Armstrong, and the entire Pure Hoops Media crew, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe, share, listen, enjoy the pod. We're building a great thing here with Pure Hoops Media. Catch and shoot will be here on Wednesday with Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko. Buckets, boards, and blocks with Monica McNaught on Thursday. We'll be back at the end of the week, and then, of course, our man Mike Wise, Uh, We'll be back with the Mike Wise show on Monday, and Mike will surely have another great guest heading into next week. Enjoy the show, everybody, and enjoy the rest of your week and, of course, the big NBA draft. Take care. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.